welcome to your Fiercely Fabulous Life podcast. I'm Shelley Qualteri, your host. This podcast was created for you, the woman who wants more in her life, for her family, and in her relationships. We're going to spend time creating inspiration and motivation while providing you with tangible, practical strategies and tools for your life to find greater happiness, love, and fulfillment. I will provide you with real-life takeaways that have you not only thinking about, but taking action to create your fiercely fabulous life. Now let's get started. Good morning, friends of your fiercely fabulous life. Welcome back to today's podcast. Today we are going to spend time talking about technology. And I decided that this was going to be a good topic today because I have seen and heard so many stories over this last few weeks, particularly actually since COVID began, um, but really how these tech stories are showing up now, uh, eight, nine months into COVID and how we're struggling maybe with tech along with how our kids are feeling challenged and such with technology. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about this and what I'm seeing uh, from my perspective and, and in my office and some of the statistics and information from Canadian Mental Health Association and um, other research such as from the government and spaces and places that kind of collect data in relation to anxiety and depression and suicide and you may be wondering how is all of this related to technology well my friends i'm going to share with you a little bit of that today so technology first and foremost i want to say can be super super helpful Technology can allow us to communicate with people around the world. We can, you know, FaceTime or Zoom our friends in other parts of the country. We have the ability to be able to do different types of research on it. We have the ability to be able to get to spaces and places that we never have historically been able to get before, which can be absolutely amazing for us for our growth for our learning for our kids in school I mean universities in in Calgary in Alberta right now are pretty much running all digital all online so tech can be a huge benefit to us however like everything it has a downside like everything Tech can be a bit of an enemy in some of our houses, um, with some of our kids, and even with ourselves. So let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about tech. So some of the consistencies, some of the things that I keep hearing from parents, from families, you know, you scroll Facebook, um, mainly, um, you know, because Instagram and, and Snapchat doesn't really <laughs> kind of have the same sort of capacity to have conversation in it in some some respects. So what I keep hearing is, can't get my kids off their devices. I am constantly having arguments with them because they don't hear me when I call them to come down to dinner. My child has lost motivation. They don't really want to go to school. They're not as um, interested in being able to do things that they, that they once did. And 
Why is this? What's going on? All right. So our world has changed quite a bit since March 2020 with COVID. And let's be honest, many of us um, who have been working at from home, had kids doing school from home, uh, were, you know, maybe tired of seeing one another in the house day after day, week after week, month after month. And technology became a little bit more frequent in their worlds. Maybe we became a little bit more lax. Maybe we engaged with our tech a little bit more than we should have been. So yes, there is absolutely uh, challenges with it within our families right now because of some circumstances that are out of every single one of our control with this darn pandemic. But what we do know about tech and sort of that darker side of it is that it is causing truly, honestly, some serious challenges with our children. So did you know this crazy statistic that I found from uh, Canadian Mental Health Association is that in a research poll that was done in 2018, kids were spending an average of 3.2 hours a day on technology. That may have been inclusive of school, um, getting some projects done, telephone, you know, working on their cell phones, using their Xbox, and that's starting from age two. Two to 17 years of age, people are allowing their children onto devices 3.2 hours a day. However, what is shocking and surprising is that as they start getting older, as our kids start getting older, they start getting into our teenage years, the stat is an average of 10 hours a day our kids are spending on devices. From pretty well around the age 12, 13 through to 17, they're spending 10 hours a day on devices outside of school work outside of school time. So on YouTube, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on, well, Facebook, I'm told is for old people, but scrolling just through the web, 10 hours a day. When I ask people when they come to see me in private practice, you know, what is your screen time? What does that look like? What do you use your devices for? Inclusive of parents, I ask these questions too. A lot of them will just list those apps and and talk a little bit about that. But then when I ask them, what is your screen time? Many of them will say, oh, maybe three, four hours a day. So I get them to pull out their phones and we take a look on the screen timer. You should do this. Most often it's double what we think it is. So right now, pause this podcast, get your phone, Look up your screen timer and see how much time you are actually spending on your device and do this with your kids. Some of you might know, some of you might track this and then some of you might come up with the excuse, well, I use it for work, well, I'm needing to check something on social media for work, well, I'm needing to connect with a parent or friend overseas. Sure, absolutely, but how much you're using your device really is teaching, showing, and mirroring for your kids how much they're using theirs. So with these stats, what we have seen, what we know is that kids who are on their devices more than 3.2 hours a day, more than 3.2 hours a day, are twice as likely 
to be diagnosed with depression and anxiety. This study also shows that children are less curious, they have more difficulties with friendships, they're more distractible, they have less emotional steadiness, and they have less ability to be able to complete their tasks. So I'm gonna give you another little bit of information. If that hasn't hit home quite enough, that children ages 12 to 19, males, approximately 5% of males across Canada, ages 12 to 19, have a diagnosis or have had a major depressive episode. Children age 12 to 19 who are female, 12% have had a major depressive episode. And 6% of children ages 6 to 12 are currently experiencing anxiety. Remember, this is from 2018, Canadian Mental Health Association study, 2018. So now here we are in 2020. Let's fast forward another six or 12 months from now. What are those numbers going to look like? We also know that when kids are struggling with anxiety, depression, uh, and they start isolating and they start spending some more time on their own, oftentimes parents, especially of these littlies, 6, 10, you know, maybe even 12 or 13, they're not sure how to manage it. Behaviors might be getting bigger. Emotions might be getting bigger. Dysregulation might be happening a little bit more in the home with you because you're fighting, you're frustrated with your kids because they're not listening. How do I deal with them? Maybe they're just air quotes turning into these teenagers, well, maybe they need a little bit more support, a little bit more um, conversation, a little bit more connection for you to really dig in about what's going on for them. Because we know with these kids ages um, six through to 19, that only one in five of them are getting the mental health support and services that they actually need. So it's really important that when you're seeing your kids' behaviors change, when you're seeing things in their world shifting and moving, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that in a minute, where, where you might be picking up some of these indicators. You might need to sit down and have a good conversation or find someone who can sit down with the two of you, three of you, four of you and your family and have a conversation. Because what we know when anxiety and depression increase and kids are beginning to feel um, more shame and guilt around how they're using their devices and not connecting in teams and sports and activities and with their family and their friends like they used to, they do start feeling shame and guilt. Whether we as parents want to believe that or not, this is um, what they are voicing to me in my office, they're feeling because what they're saying is, I know I shouldn't have my phone in my room at night and going into that chat room, but I'm doing it anyway. And then I feel guilty because I'm up really late and my parents don't know it. And then I'm lying and then I'm tired and then I can't get to school and then I'm emotional. And we see this cycle start happening. They also might start having some identity confusion. And what I mean by that is they're seeing all these glossy, beautiful pictures of perfect lives on social media and on their apps, and they're wondering why they can't measure up, which then starts increasing depression, which then potentially is increasing anxiety because they're double and triple and quadruple checking what they look like and what their hair is like and how they're you know, walking out of the house. Well, 
What apps are your kids on? What do you know about how they're utilizing these things and what they're looking at and what content they're using to get them to this place of second guessing who they are? Because I can tell you for sure, there are some amazing filters on Instagram to make us look pretty great. That's not reality. There are a ton of individuals who are putting up shiny, perfect, beautiful lives on Instagram and maybe Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook and you know, you name it, and that's not reality. So then our kids who are still in the midst of having their brains developed don't understand the differences sometimes between that reality post and what we see as as really not truth of what individuals' lives look like on social media apps, which then, again, increases depression, increases anxiety. But the other scary thing that is happening with our kids is we're seeing increases in suicide rates. One in 20 individuals is having thoughts or behaviors of suicide at any one time, and this starts as little as nine. And we know as well that when kids are feeling really overwhelmed, maybe even being bullied and going through these process and utilizing these apps in such ways in the social media and scrolling in hours and hours and hours, they're not developing their brains in ways that they could be, should be, need to be for their ages, which is then increasing thoughts of suicide behaviors and attempts because of the intense feelings of anxiety, depression, overwhelm, connection, lack thereof. So when we're starting to unpack what's going on with our kids, think about, you know, maybe when they were a little bit younger, maybe before COVID, what were you seeing in relation to their emotions? Were they, you know, fairly happy, connected, loving, you know, pretty relaxed at times, thankful for things that were going on in their worlds, proud of the work they did in school. And slowly, and this isn't something that happens really quickly, it's a slow progress, it happens bit by bit. Are they now more anxious? Are they now being more guarded? Are they now being more mm, stressed and cautious about what you see on their phone, about how much information they're giving you, about what they're talking to you about. Yes, some of that might be normal adolescent behavior. However, I ask you, is it for your child? Are they more lonely feeling? Do they look stuck? Are they more tired? Are they carrying thoughts of shame? And is their behavior showing up more angry, aggressive, disrespectful, uh, maybe even outraged, bitter, cold, and not really connected? And within that, they're isolating themselves, spending time in their room with their phones, spending more time on their devices. And when I talk about devices, I don't just mean a cell phone. I mean an iPad, I mean a tablet, I mean a computer, I mean anything that is outside of a TV screen with an actual TV show playing, Xbox, Wii, you name it. All of these things within our technology are changing the brain development of our children. They are creating a brain 
that is more developed in the way of addiction than it is for right brain, left brain, creativity, and logic. So when we take a look at MRIs and scans of brains of someone who's addicted to crack cocaine or heroin and someone who is of the same age, say 22, 24 years of age, who has been on technology day in, day out, three plus up to 10 plus hours a day for year, two years, three years, five years, their brain is developing the same way as it does in an addict, which means you as parents are creating the brain of a child who will then become an adult who potentially has the ability to become more addicted to not just technology, but gambling, drugs, alcohol, sex, tech, you name it. I'm going to attach a few um, links of some shows uh, that doctors and um, have um, talked a bit about how this tech is impacting brains and there's a great uh, YouTube. I know it's kind of crazy that I'm directing you to YouTube when we're talking about tech. <laughs> um, video called Screenagers done and um, a lot of the schools actually showed this to the kids to teach them a little bit about how screens are impacting them and this is actually by a doctor who started looking at what was happening with her own teenagers and their big behaviors. So I'll attach a few of these videos and a few links and I would also encourage you to take a look, pardon me, and engage with your kids about how they're utilizing. What do they think is okay screen time? What do they think should happen with devices? I mean, should they be in the bedroom with them? I would say absolutely no. And if it is in the bedroom with them, the door is open. Should they have their devices with them at nighttime when they're going to bed? No. Everyone, including you parents, should have your devices out on the you know, kitchen counter or somewhere where we can't access them. So the same rules are in the house for everybody. It's not one rule for the kids and a different rule for the parents. I also will ask you to really take a good look at what your screen time is and how you're using your screens and what you're using them for. At dinner time, when you hear a ping or you see a message pop up, are you checking your phone or can you leave it and not worry about it? Are you truly engaging with your family and having connected conversations and spending time with them or is your device with you at all times? I challenge you, each and every one of you, if you haven't done so already, um, put it away for an hour a day, minimum, minimum. And when I mean an hour a day, go put it up in your sock drawer, go put it in the linen cupboard, uh, turn it all the way off, put it somewhere and test yourself for an hour a day that you're not going to look at it, you're not going to think about it, that you're going to have a bit of a tech detox, so to speak, and see how that goes. Because what I see, what I hear all the time, mamas and papas out there that are listening to this podcast from the kids that come and sit with me in my office because you as mom or dad are worried about them with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, not connecting with their friends anymore, being disengaged, not wanting to do activities like they once used to, seeing uh, something that has flipped within them. What I hear from them over and over again is how much mom and dad are on their tech. When you're sitting on the couch and meant to be watching a family movie together, are you actually sitting and watching a family movie together? Is everyone on their phone? I can't tell you how many times I've been out, you know, to dinner pre-COVID and 
there would be a family together or a couple that was out on a date and they were on their phones. They were all on their phones. You're living a world of isolation. You're, you're maybe all in the same house, but you're not connecting. You're maybe all in the same house and, you know, talking about what you're scrolling on, on your Instagram or what you're seeing on YouTube or what, what's happening on TikTok. That's not real genuine connecting. Put your devices away and see if you can still have a conversation with your partner or your child. Put your devices away and see how hard it might be or easy it might be for you to get away from it. Not check your emails. I say this to people all the time. Guess what? The world is still going to be there in an hour when you come back to it or a day when you come back to it. Many, many, many weekends throughout, you know, particularly May through to the end of September, um, my family and I, we, we go off the grid. We go out to the mountains where there is no reception. You can't even get a phone call. Um, and devices are away for three or four days. And does everybody, you know, the kids have a bit of a meltdown? Yeah. And at first, you know, my husband and I were like, oh, this is going to be a bit weird. But we actually now, everyone really quite enjoys connecting. We play board games and go on hikes and laugh around the fire. And, you know, those moments with your kids are, are irreplaceable. Those memories that you're making with them. Are you going to really look back in, you know, 10, 10 years time, 15 years time when your kids are growing up and be like, wow, we spent so much time talking about TikTok and YouTube. How amazing was that? <laughs> or are you going to think, what's going on with my child? They're so angry and disengaged and I don't know where things went wrong. We'll start here. Take a look. Tech is not the reason everything goes wrong. Absolutely not. And I do not want anyone to believe that just because of technology, things are not going well in your house. It may be one of many because when tech's involved, connection is lost, disengagement starts happening, conversations are reduced. And again, I'm going to say, use yourself as the example. Use yourself as the example. Be the mirror for your child to reflect. Be the mirror. Take a look at what you're doing. Take a look at how you're using tech. Take a look at how you're showing up in the lives of your kids. And I'm betting that for, for many of you, you're going to be shocked at how much you actually are on your tech and how much time you actually don't spend really connecting with your kids, um, which builds into all of these other things that I've talked about today. Um, because we as humans are creatures of connection. We thrive on human connection and engagement. And we so badly need that in our worlds. And we so badly need to be able to do that with our kids. And again, my challenge to you, put that tech away. Connect. Look at the time. Give yourself a detox. Watch some of the videos I'll attach to the link in the show notes and send me some messages and let me know uh, how how it went for you you can find me on all the socials and make sure you follow me because i've got lots of awesome cool information and i'm going to be coming out with a course called understanding your backpack of emotions it's going to launch in the next six weeks you don't want to miss out on it 
you're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about your kids and have a fiercely fabulous rest of your week. Bye for now. Hi guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of your Fiercely Fabulous Life podcast. I wanted to take a quick break and just share with you a new course that I have developed called Understanding Your Backpack of Emotions. This is a journey that's going to walk you through understanding more of your emotions, really digging into the backpack of those big ones that you're carrying. Do you often feel anger, frustration, maybe sadness or fear? Well, we're going to unpack those in this three-week do-it-yourself course. It's equivalent to six counseling sessions. So if you're ready to take the leap and understand more about you, this is the course for you. Maybe you've been to counseling before. Maybe you are worried about the cost. Maybe you're worried about the amount of time or maybe you've done a lot of counseling in the past and you're just tired of not seeing results from all the money that you spent. Well, this is the course for you. Week number one, we are going to talk about your emotions. We're going to reflect on them. We're going to understand them and we're going to learn how to really identify what they are. Week number two, we spend lots of time looking at soul searching, understanding, creating awareness, how your emotions are showing up with yourself and with those around you. And week number three is going to be all about honoring your feelings, getting comfortable with your emotions and no longer letting them run the show, but being friends with those emotions and setting boundaries. So if this is something you're interested in, make sure you check out my webpage on self-discovery courses and sign up now. Launches December 8th. Don't miss out. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to your Fiercely Fabulous Life podcast. Be sure to share with any woman in your life who needs just a little bit more. Be sure to follow me on my socials and I look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.